Hello, and welcome to the 79th episode of The Provisional. It is Sunday, October 1st, 2023, and I am Brad Cole. And with me, as always, is Matt Baer. Good to see you, Brad. Just the two of us today. Um, we're both hatless, you know, so we've got that going for us. Um, hey, look, folks, it didn't take time. It didn't take much time before the first <laughs> shot was fired. Hatless Matt Bear and hatless Brad Cole. But oh, let's man. have some fun with it. I tell you what, um, before we even go any further than that, all of the Patrick Cantlay hat controversy and how about the pictures of him after the match last night wearing a USA uh, Ryder Cup hat afterwards? Like we have to, we've got a lot to unpack, Manny. There's uh, there's so much that happened this week, folks. Episode seventy nine is all about the Ryder Cup. It was an incredible week, um, as some of you might know. Uh, the U.S. has a little bit of an issue of playing well in Europe, and we got to watch that once again this week. Before we dive into it, we want to remind our listeners that the provisional is proudly brought to you by Beth Kellogg Interiors. Give Beth a call at 952-388-8937. She can help you with anything on the inside of your home, maybe even the outside too, but she can do all sorts of fun projects, new projects, remodels, you name it. Uh, and then in addition, the provisional is also brought to you by Jarrett Yalen with Northwestern Mutual, 612-209-4523. Give him a call. He can help you with money. He's good at that stuff. And then once he's figured out your money and you figure out you want to go buy a house, well, then you call Chris Haugen with Remax Advantage Plus, 218-821-0292. Give Chris a shout. She'll help you find the right uh, cabin or home in that Brainerd Lakes area, which is a wonderful place if you like golf. Uh, and then Kevin Kreider will get you that mortgage. So giving Kevin a call at 612-968-4590. He's with First Class Mortgage. So he's going to get you the mortgage. And then when you go through all of that and you figure out that you have a whole bunch of uh, leftover money to, to donate to a great cause, our favorite charity of the pod is APK Charities. Check out their website at apkcharities.org. So a lot of wonderful things uh, happening from our sponsors with the pod. We uh, 79 episodes, Matt. We're, uh, we're making it. And thanks to all of these wonderful sponsors. So Great, great Ryder. job on the sponsors, Brad. Uh, one thing I would like to know, uh, did any of those get any play or run during the actual Ryder Cup? I mean, for a good while there on Friday, Saturday, the amount of commercials was over the top. <laughs> it was tough. And I don't know why they, you know, they did do a decent amount of playing through as well, um, which is fine. It kind of makes it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But it just, it was, it was tough. It was very tough. Uh, I was here for the golf. And uh, that's kind of yeah, what I was here for. And I feel like, uh, you know, it's kind of like if you want to watch a football game in 2023 and you're hoping to just see like the football game and all they show the entire time is Taylor Swift. I was here to see the golf and all that was happening was commercials and it was frustrating. But I will say that golf course this week really, really showed well on TV. It was beautiful. It, and the Whoever was working on the team that was building these structures for the last four, six, eight months, uh, I mean, unbelievable fan experience. Um, some pretty high spots, to be honest, you know, more than usual, a little bit more height than usual, and just all just an incredible build out. I was very, very impressed. What were your thoughts overall of the facility? Because we'll get into the, the beat down shortly here, Matt. But what did you think of the facility? Yeah, I agree 100%, Brad. And how about some of that build out? There were like, italian structures like a facade built like i've never seen that before it was just a, i think it was purple um in the backdrop there and uh you know i think they had triple decker 
um, you know, sets of stands or suites on, on a couple holes there. I mean, that, that was intense. They, they did a heck of a job there. And like you said, I think from what they said, um, the viewing areas there were just unbelievable. Like they even had less bleachers than a normal course because of all the hilliness there. And it just provided natural uh, viewing spots, which is awesome. Absolutely gorgeous. And again, totally different, uh, being in Italy versus where we were two years ago in uh, Wisconsin and uh, <laughs> at Whistling Straits, and then two years from now when we were at uh, Beth Page. But I want to start off with setting this up a little bit, Matt. Um, I think, in my opinion, the biggest thing about the Ryder Cup is the fans. I think that the home fans always show out. Um, I would have to guess, even though there were plenty of American fans there this week, it's probably I would say on average, the Ryder Cup is probably like an 80-20 split, maybe 90-10. Would you agree that it's at least 80% home fans? That's what I was going to say, Brad, 80-20. And it just always comes back to the amount of trash talking is just wild. The stuff these fans are saying. You watch Scotty Scheffler lose 9-7 and seven in a doubles match, and he, he's bawling afterwards. And one of the things, you know, or Jory, right at the end of that match, a day later, one of the things he says is how much the fans were riding him and how tough it was playing 18 holes or 36 holes in some cases for guys with the fans talking trash the entire round. So, Matt, let's let's think about you playing a golf tournament, okay, where, you, you know, in general, I think it's hard to play when there's a lot of fans there in general, even though they're cheering for you. Now, Matt Bear, you're playing at the uh, the Masters, okay? So you're currently at 11 handicap, let's call it? Nine, yep. Nine, okay, nine handicap. So let's say you play at Augusta and the fans are cheering for you. And, you know, let's say you go out there and you have a pretty good day. What do you think you're going to shoot, Matt? About 9,500 probably, somewhere yep, in there? Around 100, yeah. Around 100. Now, let's go <laughs> opposite route and let's put you in a different country. Same difficulty of golf course and still a ton of going on. But fans, 80 to 90% of the people there are talking during your swing, talking trash, harassing you, hoping that you do the worst. It's just nasty. What do you shoot in that scenario? Like 110, 120? Like, I, I don't even know how you, you, I, so my point is, is like, what are we doing here? Right? Like it's become, don't get me wrong. I love the home field or the home course advantage. I love all that. But like, it has become so bizarre. I think the scene on on 18 Green on Saturday with the whole scuffle between Patrick Cantlay and Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry and Joey LaCava and all of the fans that were involved in all the different things. So Joey seemed to be upset with pretty much anyone he could find. <laughs> like, it, it kind of seems like it's become total chaos. Is that fair? Like, this, this thing has kind of become chaotic. Yeah, it really has. And again, that's the one spot, Brad, where they say, you know, that's an excuse to kind of act different. The players act different. The fans even act a little more different. Like it's just kind of built into the event. Um, but uh, it, I mean, oof, just wait till Beth Page. And I, I mean, I'm actually a little nervous for that one. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just think there's a lot of Philadelphia Eagle fans that watch what went down this week with our American boys over there and Eagle fans alone are going to show up. You know, Philly's not that far from New mm -hmm. York, 
And and that's and then you get all the New York fans. It's going to be nasty. And I guess my question to you is, is it too much? Is it part of the deal? Like, where is this thing going? Because it seems like, don't get me wrong, a little bit of jabbing back and forth. That's all good. But, you know, the scene on Saturday night where you literally have Joey LaCava going at Rory McIlroy and then Rory McIlroy coming back at Joey LaCava on the green on the last hole. You know, Joey, in my opinion, my opinion is that Joey just overstepped his boundaries there. And and I get it. Like, I get that Cantlay was not wearing a hat and a lot of people were chirping him about that. And then he made the birdies and he did the hat, you know, even though he didn't have a hat, he tipped his hat that he didn't have. And all the American players thought it was great. And Joey was all fired up and nobody's paying attention to Rory's line. And it just, it got too far. Right. But then the scene after the round where you got a parking lot situation, people are trying to get into shuttles and Rory is screaming <laughs> at Bones, who's more than likely just playing Switzerland from what the role I know. Shane Lowry is, you know, trying to bring him back. I mean, was this the golf version of the malice at the palace? I mean, what is going on? And Rory came out of the car like he was going to like fight someone. Like, what, what are we doing? I know that that one really threw me for a loop. And again, you know, Joe LaCava, he's a Giants fan. I believe that's that's his thing. He's a East Coast guy and, uh, you know, probably doesn't back down from anyone. But like he said, we were getting our ass kicked. And they were trying to celebrate because it was a huge turning point in the match. Yep. Um, you know, and the momentum was going to be w- on our side for Sunday. I think it fired them up a little bit more. But yeah, that uh, it was very 99-ish at Brookline, you know, with everyone storming the green when Justin Leonard made that putt. Um, only it was one person, w- which I thought was real interesting. And it wasn't the deciding day. We still had one more day left to go. Whereas Brookline, it was literally just a couple of matches left, you know? So it was very different in that aspect, but yeah, I, I just think the whole thing kind of got blown out of proportion a little bit. Um, you know, I think j- the fire was there in Joe and the fire is obviously there in Rory. And and if they wouldn't have lost, I don't think he would have reacted that way, but uh, it uh, definitely added a little extra spice that probably wouldn't have been there had that not happened. So you look at the whole thing and I get it if it's close or really intense, but it was a beatdown from the first match. From the first morning, you wake up Thursday morning and, or Friday morning, excuse me, and you're like, okay, can't wait to let we're down four rip. And and what should have been a pretty big performance from the US in the afternoon ended up not being as big that first day and kind of similar to the second day. And then the third day, you know, you're scrambling. And I guess what I keep coming back to is can the US if if you're the the, the group behind, you know, obviously Zach won't be captain again, but if you're the group behind all this for USA Ryder Cup, how do you train over the next two years? How do you train to become better at alternate shot? Because what a joke. I mean, we got one point out of eight. One. Yeah. For for me, Brad, it, it, it that was the turning point in the whole turn. I know I, I sent our group a text. I thought what Luke Donald did was extremely smart by going foursomes first. Um, I know Brandel talked about it on live from that Europe typically when they're on your home soil and they get the choice, Europe does get to choose which format they start with. And then it mirrors that for the second day. They always go foursomes second to have the momentum because like you said, that's what they're typically better at. So they have the momentum going into the next day. But I thought it was very smart on his part to do it first 
because that took away um, our strength um, by having four ball first. And to me, um, that took JT and Spieth off the table. And the whole reason he picked JT was an emotional leader. And then you lose that emotional leader right away in the morning. You don't have him out there. He could have put him out there. It would have been extremely risky, but he didn't. And then we got spanked. And then we were coming from behind the whole time and things didn't go our way. The things got flipped in the afternoon on 18 in a, in a couple matches. I mean, we were right there, but I thought that was really smart on his part. It's probably not why he did it, but that was just one thing I picked up on that the whole reason you pick JT is for emotional um, you know, leadership. That's why they said they, they grabbed him. And my guess is that took him and Spieth off the table in the morning and you lost that. If you had to pick, the number one reason why you think Europe won this week, besides the home crowd, we'll leave the crowd out of it because the crowd, but why did Europe win this week? And I'll start off with my answer. My answer is holy holouts. The amount of long putts and chips that they made, especially in that first day in the, in the four ball in the afternoon, Rom, you know, Hoygaard was all over the, you know, was crushing on the front nine and Rom was unbelievable on the back nine. Uh, Hovland had a bomb at the end, a bunch of guys. There's just so many long, you know, and a couple of ROMs were going five to 15 feet past the hole. You know, they were moving, they were cruising. And I just felt like the luck was truly on their side. No, I'm just, you know, and the U.S. wasn't getting things to fall. Now, if you look at some of the scores that were shot, teams are still playing very well. But like, I think that last match, the first day, I want to say Fitzpatrick started off with six birdies. And they were 10 under through 15. Uh, you know, it, it's just it's just wild. And the US was five under. They're two they're, you know, two man best ball, five under through fifteen, and you were closed out. Yeah. Five and three. <laughs> like it just that kind of stuff to me, it just seemed like all of the big shots were being made by Europe and not by the US. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Um for, for me, Brad, it came down to I'm gonna give two things. Um one foursomes like you touched on seven to one seven to one and again what what is your fix you think to me someone's gonna have to get risky with the picks we're gonna have to go down and and just get a bunch of guys that hit fairways that that's what it's gonna take to me um second thing was uh top three players on each team the the difference right there for europe i'll recap it rom rory and hovland again none of them played together they never played together, and uh, Rom brought home three, Rory four, top point getter for Europe, Hovland three and a half. So ten and a half points from your top three guys in the world golf rankings. Our top three guys, Scheffler, Cantlay, and Xander, brought home a combined four points. That's a six and a half point difference from those three. To me, again, that's what did it, those two And you're things. looking at losing 16 and a half to an 11 and a half. It's a really good point. Why do you think the U.S. is so bad at alternate and pretty decent at four ball and pretty good at uh, at singles? Do you do you think it's the difference of team mentality? Because that's for me. I just feel like our guys don't necessarily gel as well team wise. They're not bad. I don't think it's as fractured as the media was reporting it to be. I just think that you know you look at like the space. Did Spieth hit a fairway all week? I mean, JT was arguably 
a very questionable, you know, last guy to be put on the team. And his partner literally left him out to dry majority of the week. And actually, you know, JT did a pretty good job of hanging in there in some of those matches. Yeah. And that's where I go back to it, Brad. Like, again, I'm not going to rip Zach's picks, but the um, type of players you have with those guys, again, knowing they're struggling, you can't have two struggling guys together. It's just odds are they're both not going to all of a sudden find their game. And then, like you said, if one guy's not not having it and leaves him out to dry, well, then you have a guy who's not on his game that's really having to dig even more deep to to find it. And I just think that's a recipe that doesn't lead to success very often. I, I could not agree with you more. So let's let's break them down. Let's break down the players. Uh, Sports Illustrated did an awesome job here of, of grades. And uh, they started off with uh, European players. And they went out and they, they gave John Rahm an A. He was 2-0-2. Two, oh, two. Um, I would probably give him an A+. Plus. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say that. that. That's probably fair. He did not win all of that. So A, a is probably fair. Rory, 4-1, uh, and one, A+. Plus. I mean, Rory was unbelievable. Um, thoughts on either one of those grades? I know. Totally fine with both. I'm actually surprised, though, Brad, that that Rom didn't play five. Yeah, that's. Um, I, I totally agree with you. Matt Fitzpatrick got a C. Uh, he went one and two. I was kind of um, expecting a little bit more for him, but uh, would you agree? Kind of C just it wasn't very good. Considering his previous experience, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Victor Hovland, three one and one. And got an A. Tommy Fleetwood, three and one, got an A. Tyrrell Hatton, three zero and one, got an A. Uh, thoughts on those three? <laughs> I tell you what, Tommy and Victor. I mean, Hatton's fun too, but Tommy and Victor, those guys. I th- I think Victor Hovland. I compare him, Brad. How do you feel about this? To like Nas Reed. No one dislikes him. Yeah. I there's you can't really find anything bad to say about Victor Hovland. Like everyone loves him. It seems like for the most yeah. part. And anyone can be his partner. Right. You know, and I'd say Tommy's pretty similar. Yep. You know, two easy guys to get along with. And then Cyril Hatton, you know, I mean, this guy is a bulldog, you know, but he, he's unbelievable and uh, he's fun to watch. It was fun watching him. Events. You know, you look at the, some of the pictures that showed up on the internet and you got, Cyril Hatton and John Rahm putting their arms around each other. And you got, you know, Cantley and Shoffley, and you don't even know if they have a pulse, you know, and it's just, and those two are like very, very close friends. It's just interesting how the European team, in my opinion, just becomes so much more of a brotherhood. Um, What do you think about our boy Ludwig Eber? Uh, Quite the, uh, I mean, remember this kid's a college student four or five months ago. And he goes two and two, he gets an A minus, but I, I thought he played incredibly well. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'd maybe go B plus, just a okay. tiny bit lower. Again, Brett, the guy didn't play, has never played in a major. Never <laughs> played in a major, and he's playing in the Ryder Cup. And I think the well. first guy they said to ever do that was outside of him was Sergio, I believe, or, or something similar to that. But uh, it's unbelievable. Um, his And guys are raving about his game. So I think he's really going to be one to watch. And I know you were already a high on him, Brad, uh, this summer. Oh, yeah. I was all over him his whole senior year. He's my guy. Um, Justin Rose, 1-1-1, one, one one, got a B plus. 
Uh, I thought he did pretty decent. It wasn't it wasn't terrible. But what are your thoughts on Rosie? At age I would 43? give I would give Justin Rose an A. I thought he was one of the biggest keys um, for for Europe this week. He, again, one one and one. He only played three matches. But how about you talk about rolling in the putts, Brad? And we know Rosie is not that great of a putter. He was draining everything. Yeah, absolutely everything. And I just thought he was a key cog to that piece of the connector from Sergio Poulter, Westwood, McDowell, that was still kind of in the mix. And I think he played a big role, uh, probably outside of stuff we didn't even see. If you would have told me on Friday evening that Nikolai Hoygaard was going to get a grade of D for the week, I would have said, whoa. Um, but he got that half point with Rom. They really gelled together well. And then he went 0-2 in his other two matches. So Huegar D, I kind of get it. I still think he's he's a nice up-and-coming player. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just run into buzz saws, and he did a little bit. Bobby Mack, 2-0-1 this week. Uh, Bobby Mack is sneaky good. I wish he played more in America, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets a B plus. Thoughts on Bobby Mack? Yeah, I thought he, he is uh, probably a better you know, four ball player than, than foursomes for sure, which is what he played in. Um, and he missed a couple little putts, boy, like today, I think he missed what probably should have been a gimme. You know, he, he missed that one. His putting's a little questionable, but, uh, again, I mean, looks like an awesome, fun character to have probably in the team room and with the guys. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on many, many teams in the future as well. I agree. Uh, Shane Lowry gets a B, just only played three matches, one, one, and one. Thoughts on Shane Lowry? <laughs> he seemed to be the mascot, you know, for yeah. the group, getting everyone fired up. I, I love seeing that about him. Again, we didn't see much about out of him at Whistling Straits till his singles match or, and uh, stuff like that, where he was getting really fired up, I think, in his Saturday match, too. But uh, it's fun to see guys like that come out of their shell. And I think he's one of those type of players that really gets into this so that was fun to see him get animated it was interesting too you know that match between him and Spieth seemed like it was going to matter and Spieth kind of folded a little bit and Shane kind of put on a little pressure at the end there and um ended up being a, a push but uh it, Shane Lowry to me is just like he's the heart and soul of of Europe now um you know they've lost so many guys to live right so many of their 35 to 50 year old guys are all, all went to live. And, um, Shane Lowry is like one of the elder statesmen now, I guess, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird to say. Uh, and yet he's, is perfect. He just, he seemed like he embraced the role and he did a nice job being bouncer and, uh, you know, uh, kind of get in the middle of this whole thing. And I don't know. It was, it was good. Uh, Captain Luke Donald. A plus. I have no issues with that. I thought his pairings were solid. His choice today to send out Rom first. I mean, you got to know that Zach's more likely going to send out Scotty because it, you know, everyone needs the points. But you know that match today, where Rom was pretty much dead the whole way, and then you know backdooring his way to push that match, the the very first point of the day, it just kind of told you, yeah, this probably isn't going to happen because the U.S. just couldn't have any of those. And I think the stat I heard when he did that was like 58 of 85 times where Europe has been down one going into 18. They've won the hole uh, to get the push. And again, 58, 85. So, you know, 50, 50 would be, you know, 42, 43, 43, but yeah. still it's a higher, 
pretty, you know, there's a lot more than now that they're getting it done. Um, and it just, it seemed like it happened so many times and that, that half point, you know, it's so easy to just lose the point and they, they get those half points. They just seem to really grind well. So now get some, get some Kleenexes out folks. Uh, we got the, the U S Ryder cup grades and I don't think a lot of people are moving on. I think they're going to be repeating this in uh, 2025. We've got a pretty sad ordeal here. Scotty Scheffler, arguably the best player in the world. Unbelievable all season long. And he goes 0-2-2. Oh, two two. Um, couldn't figure it out with Sammy Burns. Couldn't figure it out with Brooks. They lost the one match 9-7. and 0-2-2. Oh, two two. F for Scotty. I was really hoping he at least win that full point today against uh, Rombo and uh, and he had him most of the way. He just needed to, you know, get up and down for birdie on 18 and couldn't get it done. Thoughts? Yeah, I'd, I'd maybe go D minus, but not, not yeah. much better. Unfortunately, too, Brad, I read that, uh, he, he didn't win a, he hasn't won a point in both, um, President's Cup and Ryder Cup. He's over. He, he is only his best result is a half, which and, is amazing for him. It's so wild of his caliber. It's, it's so well. And certain people just aren't good at match play. Um, but I think based on how he's played at the match play championship would say that that's not true. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's weird with it's just partner. But, you know, Matt, I tell you what, I can't tell you how many times I've gone out and played a really good round and still lost because you just paired up against the wrong guy mm-hmm. or your partner didn't help you or whatever it may be. So there, there's a lot more to it than just say, oh, this guy sucks, you know, for sure. Um, but he, didn't win <laughs> so yep. he kind of kind of stunk um two halves uh sam burns one and two uh gets a c um you know he, he tried to to hang with rory i don't know what do you think of burns it was very blah i didn't get much from him yeah i mean he he was put in not a good position match one out in his probably worst format like they were saying he was the worst ball striker on the team and they put him in that I didn't agree with that move. And he was put in a possible position against Rory in singles when Rory's coming hot. So I, I think a C is very fair. So outside of that, he won his one match that, you know, <laughs> was probably where he wasn't behind the eight ball. So, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I don't know what we're doing here with Colin Morikawa. Um, I don't know what's going on with his game. I can't figure him out. Colin Morikawa gets an F. He went one and three. Um, basically because Burns carried him to get a point on Saturday. I, I what is going on with Morikawa? Like I, I thought this guy three years ago was going to be the next biggest thing. And if you would have told me that I could pick one player from Cal of who was going to be a bigger deal, deal in the next three years and my options were Morikawa or Homa, I would have laughed at you. And it's not even close, man. Not even close. Yeah, I I cannot. I think I called at the beginning of the season, Brad, that he's going to have a turnaround year, and he just didn't. It's, yeah, it's a head scratcher. Yeah, it, you didn't double down on Joaquin Neiman, so that was good. But yeah, it, <laughs> it wasn't your best stuff. And again, we all think you keep you see some glimpses, and he just I don't know what the deal is. And again, obviously, ball striking incredible, putting has been a struggle, but it seems like even the ball striking is not that good anymore. Um, Justin Thomas, one, two, and one, but he gets a B plus. And I think a lot of it was for his cheerleading abilities. 
Uh, he did an incredible job of carrying Spieth for three sessions. Uh, you know, I don't know. I I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed everything he did. He played hatless today. Um, your thoughts on, uh, I think not only did he do a good job, he was fun, but still you only get one and a half points. You know, it's kind of disappointing that that's all he got, but it felt like he was good for the momentum, if nothing else. Yeah, I thought. He probably did what he could have done. And again, like you touched on it before, Brad, part of it is who you play with. And he just didn't get a lot of help. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he didn't take he could it. have won three points, right? He, he didn't take it over the top either himself. Because again, we talked about his game wasn't as, where it normally is, but he also didn't get a ton of help. Yeah. Agreed. Jordan Spieth, F, uh, 02 and 2. Yeah. He got two halves because of partner play. Um, Azinger called his game in disarray. I mean, I, I don't think that that's he couldn't find a fairway. No, and no, like I, and you know, and I understand that's kind of always been part of his shtick, right? Is he's hitting it sideways and he's getting up and down from everywhere. But man, that was hard to watch. Um, Max Homa, incredible week. Uh, A plus three, one and one. I mean. He, you know, good for Zach for letting him play five matches. Uh, the only one, uh, unbelievable. The the chip in, the chip in oh. that he basically walked out. He just walked. He started walking like eight feet short of a hole. I mean, he was, he was unbelievable throughout the week. I think that he is the future of our heart and soul, if you will. Um, you know, don't get me wrong about JT, but I feel like Max really kind of. Put it on his shoulders a little bit this week. And, you know, obviously we just didn't have enough to support him. But uh, I, I was a big fan. Super, super impressed, Brad. I mean, it, it was unreal what, what he did this week. I thought he really came through in some of the biggest moments. Like even on 18 today, taking that unplayable, hitting the chip, and then draining the putt. I mean, that the fortitude that took mm-hmm. was just insane. And I thought he rose to the, he, he was the by far the best player on the team. By That's far. Fair. Brian Harmon, uh, two and two. I didn't see that coming into this week. And uh, getting a B minus, uh, pretty good week from him. I, I did, Obviously, he, he lost a couple of matches, but I I was fairly impressed. I, did, I thought he was a guy that could have gotten shut out. Definitely more so than Spieth. Yeah. I he's thought, gritty and he's good at match play. He is. He is. And, uh, I, I like Brian, and I thought he showed some glimpses too. Again, two point. He's probably our second highest point scorer. I'm guessing. Tied with a couple others, I think. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 again, there's not a lot of exciting stuff to report home about here. Wyndham Clark, uh, another one that I thought might get shut out. He got a D minus one, one and one. Um, he played well with Homa on Friday afternoon, and then um, I don't know. It's just. I'm kind of shocked of who our team ends up being always for this stuff. You know, it's like a guy has one good major and he makes the team and we'll get to it after we finish up the last few guys. But I really think there needs to be some form of revamping of the U S team. Why couldn't you just pick all 12? Why do you have to have points? Why can't you just sit there a couple weeks before the tournament and say, you know what? These are the guys that are playing the best over the last couple of months. And this is who we're taking. 
Yeah, in theory, I mean, you would never probably leave off one, two, three, probably even four or five. So, but because Wyndham Clark played well at the U.S. Open, he gets into this. Because mm -hmm. Brian Harmon played well at the Open Championship, he gets into this. Are those the right guys for the team? I'm not saying they're not because they've also had some other decent events. But you know, I don't know. I just uh, yeah, even like Brooks Koepka because he played well at the the Masters and the PGA. He's in. Well, I'm sorry. Those events were four months ago. <laughs> you know, like it, <laughs> right. I, I, I just, I truly want like who's the hottest right now. And you could make a really good case that Keegan Bradley, Lucas Glover, uh, other guys were hotter right now uh, to go. And but then you could also say, hey, Justin Thomas was not playing well at all. Look at how well he played. So it's it's hard to figure it out. Uh, the the perfect way to do it. Uh, Patrick Cantlay gets an A. Um, got heckled quite a bit for going hatless. All of the media reports about Cantlay saying he needed to make millions for doing this. Nobody knows this is actually true. But I think there is some form of a bonus for live players. It was talked about that Brooks got a bonus from live. And Cantlay was salty that he didn't get the bonus. I didn't hear the words from from Cantlay that that's, you know, what his feelings were. So I don't know if it's true or not. Quick derail, Matt. How interesting were the media reports this week? Uh, it depends what you define as interesting. Interesting to light a fire, a hundred percent. Interesting factual, zero. <laughs> I I just can't. Oh, that was a tough one, Brad. This week, like the the credibility of some people and what we take in really got me thinking. Um, that whole thing with Cantley, it just it didn't it didn't smell right. You know, here's here's this report coming out in the middle of the round, basically, or the start of the day. He didn't wear a hat last Ryder Cup, um, and and when it, why would he say anything about pay in the middle of a round or anything during the actual event itself? That was something that would come out after um, him and Shoffley, you know, being in the the side. That Zach and Stricker and all these guys said completely false. He said it was false, um, and then the whole thing with with Rory. Um, having mended it with Joe LaCava and then reports that that happened. And then they go to Rory right after his round today. And he's like, I never talked to him. Yeah. Like it's, it's absolutely embarrassing. Um, and I think Roberto Castro, I sent around a, a nice tweet that he had that it's kind of a microcosm of our society that we fall for this stuff or even worse as someone who's a journalism minor, people report this stuff with zero to no actual backing. Like where I when I went to school, you got to back stuff up with two, three, four sources, yeah. and they're just going throwing stuff out there, and yeah. it's just not true. It, it's I'm going to actually change a lot of how I take in things now and what I say based on this weekend. That's how much it pissed me off. Yeah, it's not good. It's not it's not the way it should be. And I just want facts. Give me facts of what actually happened. And it seemed like I think a lot of this is social media related. There's so many people trying to make their break that they're just throwing stuff out there and it's not true. And um, I don't know that any guys on the team have any issues with Patrick Cantley. But if you listen to the media, they all made it seem like it was. And then all of a sudden this whole thing breaks out with Rory and LaCava. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know what to trust. And uh, so, you know, Cantley to me, <laughs> he hasn't done it, you know. And, and the other part too is that like, they always are rumoring him to be the next guy to go to live. It's always rumoring that. And it's always chirping about his pace of play. And always this and that. And it's like, I bet you ask a lot of the guys and they don't, they're just like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. You know? Mm -hmm. So 
very interesting how much drama is created there. Uh, speaking of Cantlay's buddy Xander, a D, uh, one in three this week. One of his worst performances, in my opinion. I was really expecting a little more from him and and Patrick, but just him alone. And you know, he just, uh, yeah, you know, he he had they were so strong before, and it just and again sometimes you just run into a buzzsaw, right? But uh, I was uh, not impressed with Xander. Also not impressed with Brooks, who also got a D. He went 1-1-1, one, one, and one, um, whining about Rom, got smoked by Hovland and Abert. I mean, he just, he won a, he won a singles match, but I don't know. What, uh, what were your thoughts on Brooks this week or, or uh, Xander? Yeah, Xander, disappointed just because he's so consistent, you know, from T to green. Um, that, that one shocked me a little bit, especially him and Cantley, how strong a partners they were. Um, and then Brooks, I, I thought he'd play a little bit more, Brad. Three matches for him seemed low to me. Um, you know, I, I, I felt like he wasn't maybe given the best chance, but when you lose nine and seven, maybe you don't deserve another chance. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I, I get, again, probably have no problems with the, those grades for either of them. Zach Johnson got a, a C minus as a grade. And I, I had him kind of C or D, um, maybe F. Um, it just seemed like he didn't have them fully dialed in. And he kept saying that everything was great and stuff. And that's great. It just didn't seem like they had him totally locked in. What are your thoughts on, on Zach's performance? Yeah, I, I, captains, I'm. that's a tough one for me. I mean, again, it comes down to the players. Um, it, it'd be hard for me to rate any captain lower than a C, I think, just because you, you put out, you have kind of what you're dealt other than your captain's picks. And I did some research on that um, real quick, Brad. Um, European captain's picks, Aberg, Fleetwood, Hoygaard, Lowry, Rose, Straka, nine and a half points for Europe. U.S. picks, Kepka, Burns, Fowler, Morikawa, Spieth, JT, six points. So not not a terrible difference. Not like um, foursomes difference or top three players in the world difference um, when you're talking that many players. Um, so I, I didn't think he did terrible. Um, maybe could have done a couple things better here and there, but I, it's hard for me to critique that that from 15,000 miles away or whatever it is. Yeah. So. No, that's a really, really valid <laughs> point. Um, I just don't. It's actually probably fair. I probably should give him a B or a C. And I think the main reason why is because we just don't win there. It doesn't matter who the captain is. It doesn't matter who the players are. We just don't win there. And in general, they don't win here. Uh, not necessarily always true, but in general, mm-hmm. uh, it just overall, I always feel like they're more together with each other. And I feel like we just aren't quite there. Um, just to, you know, cohesiveness, mm-hmm. but. After the what after they leave the US, usually I feel like we're a little more cohesive. I think it's hard. I think you're on the road, you're living you're in a different country for a week. It's just a total different deal. And um, you know, it just doesn't seem like it's very easy to win on the road. I think it's as simple as that. And uh, you could do a bunch of deeper dives on that, but I think that, that the reality is it's just tough to win on the road. So it's fun to kind of see those grades and break it down by player. I think it gives you kind of a better understanding of what all went down there. Um, any more closing thoughts before we get into a uh, question of the week and some fantasy golf, any more closing thoughts from the Ryder cut there? No, the other thing that I think that kind of stuck out to Brad was just 
um, the scores of the last couple of these, um, they've been pretty lopsided both ways. Um, they, they get close in snippets, like just little brief snippets. Um, you know, we had a chance today. If Scheffler does win that match against Rom, I mean, the pressure is really, there was a lot of red there at the back half for, except for, I think two of those matches, but I'd love to see, um, going into the singles where it's like eight to eight or something like that. I just feel like we've been lacking that the, the last few. And I think that would just be something that could really add to the event here coming up. And I don't know how long it's been since we've had something that's been, uh, that close going into the singles, but, uh, I think something, if we ever get that coming up, it would just take the event to the next level. We've had mm-hmm. these huge comebacks, you know, in Brookline and, and Medina, which, you know, that's one part of it. But I, I can't remember the last time where it was like super, super tight going into the singles or tied. Totally. No, it's a good point. It just seems to be so momentum based and it just goes one way or the other really quickly. And uh, yeah, it'd be a lot more fun to have it be a little tighter. I agree. Um, so as we look at the, uh, what we've had going on for question of the week on Twitter, uh, also known as X now, I believe, uh, brought to you by Kevin Kreider and First Class Mortgage. First, this is great. So on September 21st, we tweeted out, who will win the Solheim Cup? And of the people polled, 50% said USA, 50% <laughs> said Europe. And Matt, it ended in a tie. So that's pretty great. Uh, I Our thought fans was, know. I, mean, I thought that was pretty funny. And then this week we asked, who wins the Ryder Cup? And I tell you what, we have a lot of homers because I don't know what the Vegas line was. I'm assuming it was minus 250 or minus 300 or something like that for Europe. But 53% of people polled this week said the U.S. was going to win and beat Europe, which is, man, I, you guys are very positive. But uh, 47% said Europe. I just I never saw this being... I actually think 16 and a half to 11 and a half is pretty good for how bad we actually were. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it I, looked worse. Yeah, uh, for sure. So I need to talk about something. Uh, we were finishing out the 2022-2023 provisional fantasy golf season, which uh, there were some people that were definitely at the top for most of the season and some that weren't. And because of the way the money is now done on tour, uh, we ended up with a crazy, crazy finish. So it was very lopsided going into the uh, playoffs. And then out of nowhere, um, Jeff Kaiser won the whole thing and ended up uh, sneaking by me by about a million bucks. So Kaiser finished at 30370000 I finished at 29175000 And Bear finished at 27400000 So, um, But a lot of it was Victor Hovland based at the end there. And just kind of running, you know, the, the money gets so big at the end of the season. So my thought is maybe next year we do it up until the playoffs and then stop it. Um, or up until the tour championship and stop it. Something like that. It just, it gets so out of control. It's so wild how lopsided it becomes. And it truly becomes like the players have talked about. It comes a, a have and have not, right? You know, you get, you know, it just, it, I know they're trying to, you know, pay more people, but they really, don't <laughs> it really gets mm-hmm. really focused very top heavy right yeah there, there's no way i should have been within stone's throw distance of you brad you kicked my butt all season you were kicking everybody's butt uh to me you're you're the winner um even though the money doesn't say it because like you said the the tour championship pale it's just we're 
astronomical in in that number so yeah it's pretty wild but uh it was fun you know and we saw uh, this afternoon we talked about uh, brooks and his week brooks came out this week or this afternoon with a tweet right after the tournament was over um he had a picture where behind him it said captain's room and then he was standing in the middle of the picture and he had four guys around him wearing smash gc golf t-shirts and he said making making money moves is what he titled the picture and it blew up the internet and i believe he had ricky fowler uh xander shaffley patrick cantley and max homa maybe is the fourth i think it was four guys those four guys around him and everybody freaked out about who's leaving who's going where matt it is october 1st and we still don't know the announcement that happened on June 1st between the PGA Tour and the Live and everybody getting along and all this stuff. We still don't know what any of that means going into the 2024 golf season. Where are we at? Isn't that weird that, that we don't? It, it's so weird. I mean, yeah. what what's even happening? Nobody knows. And like I don't the, know the, if the, they're... The season's already started. You know, they've already had the Fortnite and they've got more tournaments right around the corner here. Uh, I just, I don't understand it. I don't know if they're going the complete opposite of the way they were going before, where it seemed to be like you're getting these little snippets in the news cycle here and there, and you're hearing these rumors, and now they're just, it's literally cut off everything. I I, I don't know, but it's, you'd think we'd have to have something coming up. I I don't, I don't understand it. So uh, I know what we do have coming up. We have the Sanderson Farms Championship next week. (laughs) Uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, followed by the Shriners Children's Open, followed by the Zozo Championship. So uh, we'll see what all of that entails. And again, I don't know, like we're already in this 23-24 tour season, right? But like, is this is there a merger? Like, I, nobody knows what's happening. And then you get tweets like this. And I, I think with Brooks, I think he likes to, to troll a little bit. I think that's what the kids call a little trolling um so i don't know it's uh i'm really confused as to what's happening and who's going where and what and how but uh that's where we're at as we enter october of 2023 um it just came to my attention too brad i think we missed a guy on the grades for the u.s side fowler oh ricky and that was a guy brad you wouldn't have known he was even there until like today it it was I know they they said that's the other thing the illness piece um, that kind of was being floated out there um, that that was one guy that's usually front and center of of a lot of things when he's a part of it and he was just nowhere to be found. Well, that picture with Brooks, he didn't look very well. No, uh, he he looked like he'd aged about thirty years over this week, and that's about as much as we saw him on camera all week. It was very weird. Ricky normally takes the spotlight and. Uh, yeah, the whole uh, team sickness thing obviously uh, affected the week as well. So a lot of different reasons why they lost, but they lost. And uh, for those that uh, are looking for a, a safe, easy bet, <laughs> Europe versus the U.S. in Europe. And more than likely, U.S. at home. You know, it looks like it just it seems to really be lining up that way. And I have a hard time feeling that uh, the Europeans are going to be very comfortable at Beth Page in two years. It's going to be... It'll probably be pretty nasty, just based on how the the East Coast fans usually seem, seem to work for these uh, sporting events. So, we uh, 
that's that's our wrap for uh, the Ryder Cup 2023. A disappointing loss for the U.S. But Solheim Cup, congrats to Team USA for tying but not retaining the cup. Uh, or sorry, for not getting the hold on to it. That's, uh, you know, it, I don't know. I, any thoughts, Matt, on that? Like, that aspect of it. So the U.S. and, and Europe, they tie in the Solheim Cup. And don't you think there's a better way to do it than to just say, oh, well, you didn't, you didn't get to 14 and a half. So it, you know, it stays with them. Like, what are your thoughts on, it has to be a better way to play it off, right? Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that's going to say there's a better way and then not have an answer. Cause I don't, I don't have one, Fair. but there, there probably is. But yeah. at the same time, like, again, I, I see the point of it. Like we own it. And until you technically beat us, yep. you don't get it back. So I, I get that part of it. But yeah, it just feels very awkward when you have the same score, yet there's a, a loser. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm I'm sure someone somewhere will come up with something or has thought of something that uh, would make sense to figure that part out. Valid point. No, it's, I tell you what, it's a, a very interesting time here. We love these events, but uh, just would like to see winners. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, the U.S. did not win either one, so... Hoping that 2025 is much better for us. And uh, yeah, now we get into this fall season. Everybody get ready. Sanderson Farm season. Here we go. Uh, we'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in this week and listening again. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Beth Kellogg Interiors, APK Charities, Jared Yalen with Northwestern Mutual, Chris Haugen with Remax, and Kevin Kreider with First Class Mortgage. Please find us and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. Interact with us on Instagram and Twitter. You got a show idea? Email us at theprovisionalgolfpod at gmail.com. Until next week, folks. Cheers. <laughs>